morning. Good morning. Yes, love that snow. We hope that you all Wait have a, a second. I know. You got no cheers on that one. <laughs> Did you really think you would get... Well, somebody. Parade. Oh, some, some snow lovers, yeah. Yes. I'm looking forward. I, I think this week it says it's going to be 50 one of those days. Coming up, right? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Boo. Well, I hope you had a nice Thanksgiving. Yes. A time to relax a little bit. Like Amanda said, it seems like everything can just be rush, rush, rush. But we pray and hope that you had a nice Thanksgiving with family and with friends. And um, if you brought your Bible with you, we hope that you did. Turn yeah, to uh, Revelation chapter 7. Turn with me there. Turn with us there. And Revelation chapter 7. We'll have some scripture up on PowerPoint. Some we'll have to just look up in our Bible. Hallelujah. Yeah. So let's just pray before we begin. Father, um, we're here in your presence, Lord. Worship was awesome. Yes. And our desire, Father, is to know you more. This is why we gather together, not just for information. We want revelation, yes. Lord, of your heart and who you are and Jesus, everything that you've done for us. We can sometimes hear these words over and over, but I pray, Lord, you help by the power of the Holy Spirit, they penetrate our heart deeper today. Speak to our hearts. I pray that as Pastor Stephen and I speak, that we would decrease, that your voice, Lord, would increase in the ears of the hearers. And Lord, again, I, I remind uh, ourselves that it's not just the hearers, but we need to be doers of your word to help us, Lord, to be doers and obey the things that we hear your voice speaking to us yes. this morning, because in our obedience, your promises will be blessed. And so we thank you, Father, that we can gather together this morning in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, so we are wanting to share with you a message today about the importance of worship. What we just got done doing, mm -hmm. worship. And we want to close out the message today. We're, we're banking on having enough time to do this with some worship so we could practice what we've been preaching, <laughs> I guess. But truly, our, our great desire as pastors is that our church would grow in passion for worship mm -hmm. of God when we gather together, that we would consider this a very important part, like what we were just doing, worshiping God together. And just w our life would be a worship to God. And, and like Amanda was saying, the Christmas season is upon us. It's the time when we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. We consider all the wonders of his person, everything that he's done for us. We need to pause and think about all these Wonderful things that his salvation has brought to us in our life. That he would humble himself the way he did. Leave heaven. Come to earth. A broken, sin-stained earth. Become one with us. Enter into our humanity. Take on such a lowly estate. Be born in a manger. He, he's God. Yes. And live a selfless life. Okay, a selfless life and then... Be destined to die a brutal death on the cross, bearing the weight of the sin of the world. Why did he do that? He did it so that we could be welcomed back into his family. Hallelujah. So that we could know him, so that we could have eternal life. Eternal life is a gift. And without Jesus coming as that gift, we would not know it. Every single one of us would be lost and dead in our sin because his sacrificial death Without his sacrificial death, I should say, we would all have been condemned under the weight of our sin. And the scripture says, if we die dead under the weight of our sin, we're forever lost, separated from the joy of his presence, of knowing his presence, of which we can partake of some now yes. before we reach that place. And so when we think of all the things that he's done for us, and we do need to ponder these things Pray about them. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal them deeper to our heart as we, as we consider them all. We'll worship him. Yes. We're going to worship him for the ages to come, for billions of years, for all eternity. However long our finite minds now can even <laughs> understand that. We're going to worship him for the wonderful gift of salvation and his love and his forgiveness and his grace alone that saved us, that he gave to us. And I think to myself, what will that worship look like? What will it sound like? Well, this is why I had you turn to Revelation chapter 7. 
Revelation chapter 7 gives us a little glimpse of what the worship of God will be like. And it says this, Revelation 7 verse 9, And after these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations and tribes, peoples and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, yeah. saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels stood around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures and fell on their faces before the throne and they worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God to the ages and ages throughout all eternity. Amen. Yes. <laughs> Can you get a picture of what <laughs> that would look like and sound like? A multitude of saints of all ethnicity, all race, coming together, worshiping together, crying out together in thanksgiving for our salvation, that we've been made one with him. So think about it. Worship in heaven, when we read this, is not just some quiet little private affair. <laughs> it's holy, and it's expressive, yes. and it's real, and it's open. And everyone and everything is participating in the life of God. It's as though we're all going to be drawing upon his life. And we just can't, even if with immortal bodies, we won't be able to contain it. It'll yeah. all just exude back to him. For from him and to <laughs> yeah. him and through him, scripture says, are all things. And so we'll just be overcome with thankfulness for everything that he's done for us. And that he welcomed us to be a part yes. of his plan. That he welcomed us, adopted us back into his family. Hmm. And so knowing this now, isn't it awesome that we can know this now? Yes. Knowing this now, that we are welcomed, we are loved, that sin is behind us, the grave is yeah. behind us, death is behind us. And this is our future. Amen. And this is our future. Come on. Doesn't it become easier? It should become easier Especially when we gather together and we sing these kinds of songs that we just release ourselves into his presence. Yes. And tell him with words that just come from our own heart how wonderful he is. Oh, thank you, Jesus, that I don't have to oh. spend eternity apart from you. Thank you that forever and ever and ever for the ages to come, we'll be understanding your goodness and your grace. We can do that. We really ought to do that. Yeah, come on now. <laughs> we, ha we must acclimate our hearts to this now because this is where we're going. Amen. Right? Hallelujah. <laughs> this kind of worship is now. It, this kind of worship is happening right now. John the Apostle was called up into heaven and he witnessed these things. And that was 2,000 years ago. That's happening yeah. now. And we can become a part of it here on this planet before we come to see him face to face. Now, Jesus said this. If you remember, Jesus was uh, going to the well of Samaria, and he met this woman, and they were talking, and he kind of cornered her, and so she started to talk about worshiping God. And this is what he said. He said, you know, she says, well, you Jews said you got to worship in, in Jerusalem. We said we could worship on this mountain. And this was Jesus' answer to her question. And it's found in John chapter 4. If you want to quickly turn there, John chapter 4, verse 23. This is Jesus speaking, but he's speaking to us also. You know, his words are forever settled in heaven. And when we're in heaven, we are going to be looking at his word. We're going to be reading his word. Jesus says this when the question was, where are we supposed to worship who, when, where. Jesus says this. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. The Father is seeking. He's 
looking all over this world, looking for people. He's looking for people who are going to be worshiping him in spirit and in truth. Those are the qualifications. Worship him in spirit and truth. It didn't say if you have great harmonies. It didn't say if you could play the <laughs> instrument great. It didn't say if you're a great communicator or the biggest influencer or the richest or you have the most followers on Instagram. No, he says the Father is searching for true worshipers. I think what happens a lot of times is we see this word worship and we think just, we think, oh, it's the first part of the service. Three songs, that's it, that's worship. But the, the Greek word that defines worship has to do with your whole being, spirit, soul, and body. It's, it has a meaning of bowing down. Bowing down, kneeling, has a meaning of lifting your hands and worshiping. It has a meaning of laying prostrate. You know what that indicates? That you're powerless. Mm -hmm. I'm powerless. We're worshiping the one who has all power and is wanting to help us walk in his ways. Once again, it's not just we sing these three songs, that's worship. All right, that's over. Now we're going to hear the word. No, but it's, it has to do with your physical body, and it has to do, of course, with your spirit, your heart. And it's easier for us to do it when we truly submit and honor the Lord and give him the honor. When we submit our lives to him. When we meditate about what he really has done, mm -hmm. the importance of worship to God for a Christian, it's huge. It's huge. It matters. Worship matters to God. And believe it or not, it matters to you. Yeah. Because the more you understand, the more you open your heart up to worship God, just because he is worthy of it, it changes your heart. Yeah. It does. It will change your heart. It does. And I think sometimes we we, we get it mixed up because people yeah. will often say, well, I, I don't feel God. He doesn't seem real to me. Or, you know, I, I wish I felt him more. And I think that's a very common, mm -hmm. uh, those are common statements. We've all said that before, right? Yeah. And And when we say that, there's a tendency then to just hold our heart back. We're waiting for something more to happen. And then when I, I guess I feel him more, then I'll respond more. And so we've got this holding back going on. If God doesn't move, then I don't move. But see, the thing is, something has already come, happened. Come on. <laughs> in the spirit, something has already happened. Yes. He's made himself known to us. Through the word of God. And his word says, I'm with you always. Behold, you know, I'll never leave you or forsake yeah. you. No, never. So he's here with us now. Right. He's here. If you're a believer, he's here. He's right there. He's in you. And he's beside you. Because if there's a believer sitting beside you, Come then on now. There we God's are. in you and beside you right now. Have you ever thought of it that way? Yes. Because his blood, think about it, he's already settled it. His blood has already been shed. Our sins have already been paid for. We're already justified. We've already been made righteous. Hallelujah. Right? By grace alone. Now he calls us beloved. Now, beloved, you are the sons and daughters of God. Mm. And so we've been blessed already, Scripture says, with every spiritual yes. blessing in the heavenly realm. And this is the, one of the keys. It's a spiritual blessing. And so we begin, first of all, to touch God in our spirit. We're waiting for our feelings to tell us something. When we could know in our spirit that yeah. God is already here with us. Mm -hmm. And we respond from our heart according to what we already know. Yeah. It doesn't really have to do with our feelings. Right? He says, Jesus, well, it's Jesus is the word of God. But in the book of James, it says, draw nigh to God. And then what? He'll draw an eye to you. So see, the Lord has already done everything. He's already set the table. He's saying, come closer to me. You, yeah. you come to me. Draw nigh to me as though I'm here with you. 
And it's not as though he isn't. He is here with us. It's just that in the natural, we have a hard time and we want to always go by our feelings. But we must intentionally worship. That's the, really the path to yes. feeling his presence. When we intentionally put aside, I don't care if I don't feel anything. Mm -hmm. If scripture says he's with me now, and when one or two or more are gathered in his name, there he is Come on now. in our midst. He's here. The Holy Spirit's presence is here. Often it's a matter of how much we just want to open up our heart in faith to believe and partake. So whether we feel anything or not, the truth of the matter is God is worthy of worship all Come the on. time. Yes. He's, he's the king. And of course, this takes an attitude of humility in our own heart. It takes an attitude of faith yes. to set aside my self-focus, how I feel about it all. And really discipline your mind because our mind can really be, give us the biggest <laughs> trouble, can't it? Oh it can my. run in all <laughs> kinds of directions. And, and like Pastor C was saying that the meaning of the word worship is to bow down. It is. It's a bowing down in my heart. It's, I bow, I'm bowing down in my heart and purposely putting my focus on him. This is intentional. Yes. See, if you wait for a feeling like, oh, I just feel so good about this. I'm good. I'll bet you many of you came in here today, maybe you didn't feel like worshiping. You have other things on your mind. But when we understand we've come into the presence of the king, now we all stand. Yes. Now we all lift our hands because he's here. Something changes in the atmosphere That's of our true. heart. And so I don't mean to sound cold, but it's this worship is not really based on how you feel or you, whether you like it or you don't like it or are your personal preferences. And right. sometimes it's like, well, I wish we, we do like some, certain songs better than other songs. But you can worship to any of these songs, the truth of the matter is. That's right. Because when we just want to seek him and the honor of him, we can, we can release our heart. In his presence. You know, people say, well, I'm just not really into worship. Well, you're just telling on yourself right there. It, 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 you know, that's why I come late. <laughs> or I don't like this song, like you were just yeah, saying. I don't I like this song, so I'm not going to sing it. Or, you know, I, I, I just feel tired, so I'm just going to sit down and, and watch. I'm just going to watch. But those aren't the kind of worshipers God is seeking, is it? Yeah, if, yeah. You know, in that John chapter 4 scripture, he says, he, he puts these words in there, true worshipers. I think it would yeah. be good for us to understand, am I a true worshiper? You know, uh, is it? I don't want to step on everybody's toes, but if you come in here and you sit down, and I'm just not into it, or I come late so I miss it. You know, are you a true worshiper? You know, there's a lot of things in the Bible that are really like the acid test. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, and we're here to tell you, hey, the Holy Spirit is here to help you understand, wow, I need to change some stuff here, you know. <laughs> if we humble ourselves before him and we recognize what he's really done for us, mm -hmm. And we get our mind off ourselves. Yeah. That's a biggie. <laughs> that's, that's everything. It's a biggie. Because it's how I feel. Yeah. I'm tired. I don't like that song. I, you know, they're off key. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Never. Right? <laughs> Never. You know, worship is not about you. Yeah. It's not about you. Yeah. Yeah. We worship him because he's worthy. Yes. He's worthy. And the truth is, we're extremely needy people. Yeah. Uh, and if we worship him and we get our mind off of ourselves and we truly worship him, guess what he's going to do for you? He's going to bless you. Yeah. You know, when we worship him in spirit and truth, our heart is connecting one with him. Our hearts get changed. Yes. You know, is not everybody starts off in, in, in coming to church and just fired up about worship. But as you grow in these things, your heart does change. And worshiping God, worshiping Jesus, 
Magnifying the Holy Spirit is fundamental to a faith-filled life. It is fundamental about being led by the Spirit of God. Fundamental. You can't bypass it. You can't go around it. They are fundamental. And worship involves surrender. Just like what we said, you leave prostate. Surrender. Romans chapter 12 is a great scripture for this. It says, Romans 12, 1, it says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Hmm. Worship's a lifestyle. It isn't the three songs we sing. It's a lifestyle. When we recognize him, when we honor him, it'll affect your life in every facet. Everything. So it says to offer yourself as a living sacrifice. So God's not going to make us do it. Correct. See, that's good. This is up to us. This is something intentional on our part. And course if we're going to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice someone has once said you know the problem with a living sacrifice is it's always wanting to crawl off the altar and do its own thing (laughs) we don't stay on the altar of submission and surrender we just want to get up and have our own way do our own thing Mm -hmm. and when we think about honoring god um like with our whole life as a living sacrifice that does affect everything we're doing yes. eventually. I mean, God doesn't deal with us all at once. Thank God he doesn't. Amen. We couldn't handle it. But little by little, you know, my thought life, he, as you read the word of God, he starts to show you about your own thought life. Like, my thoughts are higher than yours. My ways are higher than yours. Mm-hmm. And we, we are to adopt and renew our mind to what, who God says that yes. we are. And then it begins to change our speech because we find ourselves saying things that are opposite of scripture. <laughs> I hate myself. My life is awful. And meanwhile, God says, I have a good plan for your life. And I've crowned you with, with dignity and worth. And so we start to, we, we start to have to make these changes yes. as we worship God with our lifestyle. Like what I watch, the social media I partake of, yeah. my friends, my attitude, how I treat people, it just, his, his influence in our life begins to touch everything. My whole life becomes an act of worship to God. Totally. And, you know, sometimes we equate, like you said, worship to mean only singing and saying, well, I, I worship God today. I came in for 20 minutes. We sang three songs and worship's over. <laughs> but worship isn't over. Amen. It's a lifestyle. I remember I had a plaque. We had this plaque in our dining room that said something to the effect of Jesus Christ is head of this house. He's the unseen guest of every meal. He's the silent listener to every conversation. And I love that plaque because I wanted Jesus to be head over our house. We prayed that way. And uh, we were new to the things of God at that time. But I would start to think, he's the unseen guest at every meal. So when we sit down together, when we say this prayer over our meal, this isn't just about, okay, hurry up, get through the prayer, because I, I really like, you know, that <laughs> meatloaf sitting there. I can't wait to get to it. Every, we, we would pray, and sometimes the kids would have their fork in their hand, like, ready to eat. Like, get the prayer done so I can get started. And we like, put the, put the forks down. Yep. Put the glasses down. Yep. We're focused. He's the unseen guest here. He's here. And we're going to pray a prayer like we mean that he's here. Yes, amen. It's amazing how these little things can change the atmosphere in your home, especially around your children. But again, sometimes we just equate worship not as a lifestyle to God, but we just, we sang three songs and now we're done with worship. But, and the truth of the matter is we could come to church, we can sing those three songs, even though we're gathered to people with people of like faith, but we don't actually worship God even as we do it mm-hmm. because we're preoccupied. Come we're on. distracted. Yeah. We had maybe an argument with our spouse on the way to church and we didn't reconcile. And so our mind is like, we're still grinding over those thoughts. It's hard to put our mind on worship, isn't it? Mm. We can sing songs, but not really in our heart worship him. Our lips are moving, but... yeah. 
<laughs> we're somewhere else inside. How many of us can say, oh, me, or I can testify to that, yeah. And like you said, we can end up watching. It's like, well, I just don't feel like I keep my mind on it. And so we just sort of stand there and we watch other people. We're watching the team, the, the worship team play, sing, looking at how people are dressed. Whatever we're doing, we're distracted. Mm -hmm. And Or you can just skip the whole thing. Like I said, not even arrive on time and just go, oops, I missed work. Such a vital part yeah. of the service. And so we can do a lot of things come to church we can do things for god we can listen to sermons we could even serve in a ministry area but still not really be a worshiper well that's true you know these things are good these yeah. things are good to do we should yeah. do them you, but you, they can just become religious if we do yeah, them exactly right yeah. more for ourselves we could just do them because we feel like well it's just the right thing to do but we're not really doing it in a wholehearted worship Right, it's it's, it's convenience. You know, I'll be there if I if I if it works out for me, and if I decide I don't, I'm not coming. You know, <laughs> and it depends on your priorities. What's the first commandment? To love the Lord your yeah. God with all your heart, all your strength, all your might. I mean, I think if, if we have that in the forefront of our mind, we're going to find ourselves repenting quite a bit, because. If I feel like it, I'll be there. If I don't, I won't. You know, again, you you made mention is people can do a lot of activity at church. And really, you can do all that activity and do it for yourself. You have to ask God to help me. Help me see my motivation here. Because he knows the motivation of your heart, even when we don't. Yeah. And so it's always important for us to say, Lord, I'm, I want to be a disciple. I want to be a true worshiper. I'm asking you to invade my life. I'm asking you to show me my motives. I want to do this properly. I want to be a true worshiper. You pray that prayer, he's going to answer that. He is. You know, we sing these songs, and yet again, we, we truly fail to worship God. From our heart, you know, in honestly, if you start to ask the Holy Spirit to help you with that, you're going to be able to move into his presence in a deeper way. You're going to eventually not saying that this is our goal is to make me feel like God is here, but is to, the goal is exercising my faith, believing God is here. And I am going to worship him because he is worthy. Yeah. And really, worship is celebrating God for who he is. It's celebrating what he's done in your personal life. Yeah. I'll tell you, when we get to heaven, you're going to worship him like never before. Because all of a sudden, the veil's going to be turned back off of your eyes, and you're going to see what he has done for yeah. you. Right. We don't even know what it's like to be outside the presence of God because God is here. Yeah. He is on this planet. He's moving. But you take the absence, you remove God, and it is going to be a disaster for anybody who's existing at that time. You know, it's... Yeah. it's I want to just go back to something we're talking about. Uh, you know, sometimes the difficulty... Uh, of coming into the into the presence of God, like on a Sunday morning, mm -hmm. and I've thought think about ourselves uh, in having to come and minister the the Word of God, and you know it's very difficult to do if you've had an argument, say with your spouse, and then you know you're going to have to stand up there and preach together. <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> you can feel like a hypocrite. It's like, uh, and it's forced us over the years. Yes. Because uh, I just remember being taught some of this along the way in ministry, that you really need to reconcile and make it right. You need to do, you need to yep. humble yourself, do whatever you need to do so that you can stand up, let's say for us, before people and feel like, I love you, honey. <laughs> but I think about how many times people come to church and they've had an argument on the way in or the kids are rowdy and everybody's screaming and it's like you're out the door and you're just, you walk in the building, it's a hi. And, 
Meanwhile, like you, you and your spouse look at each other like two different rooms. Go to the two different. Spots. And I don't know. I don't have an easy solution. All I know is that reconciliation makes worship a whole lot Amen. easier. Amen. And so when we force ourselves, and there's a, there's a measure of humility, maybe in the car right before you open the door, it's like, God, like you yep. just take own your part. Yes. I'm sorry for saying that, you know, let's just forgive me and whatever. I forgive you. Okay. <laughs> and, but it makes a, <laughs> makes a huge difference. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> I looked away and I'm not sure what happened. Yet, but. but I, I say that because I think we all struggle with that. Mm -hmm. We want to come into church and we can sometimes put on a happy face like, yeah, everything's fine and it's not fine. But God wants to help mend yes. those places in our heart, but it takes humility, it takes honesty, and it takes a desire to reconcile and walk in forgiveness. And then the forgiveness that we've been given, we give Amen. and it all starts to work full Amen. circle. And so I just wanted Amen. to Amen. That's that really good. Yeah. That's If there's only one thing you get out of that today, that's it. Because the Holy Spirit is going to help you do that transaction with each other. It's not easy, but yet it's a must. You must do it. You must do it. Let's take a look at uh, um, Psalm 100. And it's verse 1, actually. Psalm 100. It's a, I'm sure that you've recognized the song because it's, this is where a lot of our songs, our well, worship songs come from. This could have come from it. Yes. The first line. Yes. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. He, it is he who has made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. I think one thing that a lot of people deal with is actually receiving God's love. Yeah. Thinking that you have to earn it or, or you have the devil sitting on your shoulder and you, he's reminding you of everything you've done wrong and every mistake you made. And then you come to, just like Pastor Mamie says, we start to talk the wrong thing. I don't know how God can love me. And then we run that movie. I think this is something that we must do. We must accept the gift of God's love because it is a gift. Yeah. You don't earn it. He just loves you. It, it really is like the greatest absolute. Yes, that's a good one. Good yeah, way to say in that. our life, like God's not going to love you more tomorrow. See, this is good. Than He does today. That that blew my mind years ago when I heard that. It's like what? So if I obey and I follow you and I do do all these things, you won't <laughs> love me more. <laughs> won't you show me more favor? <laughs> His love is absolute. It's all. It's poured out. Mm -hmm. For us, And Ephesians chapter 3 tells us, I mean, that was a prayer that Paul prayed. We've yes. mentioned it. We pray it often in our prayer meetings that, that, that we would know the love of God, the height and depth and breadth of the love of God and experience it. Experience because it. Because we need to experience that love in our heart. And if you struggle with this, and we all do, I don't know of any person who has, just feels like, I know God loves me, maybe a few, but... Most struggle yeah. with feeling, just like I said, I don't feel God, the love of God. Then pray this prayer yeah. in Ephesians. We won't even, we're not going to pray it today, but it's Ephesians chapter 3, somewhere in there, verse 17 or so. I think so. Yeah, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. <laughs> pray it for yourself. Pray it for your children. Or have your children read it and yes. pray it. Because this... These are spirit-led prayers mm -hmm. if we want to feel and know the love of God. And we have to, if we're going to be a worshiper, we have to accept his love. And, and in that sense, in our spirit, we feel his love, right? Correct. And I think there's lots of reasons why we push away from it. 
just rejection things that happened in our life with people in authority. Could have been a parent, could have been a teacher, mm -hmm. could have been a boss somewhere along the way. We develop insecurities about how we look, what we have, what we don't have. We, we, we have shameful thoughts, you know, things that maybe we did in the past that we still, even though we've asked for forgiveness, yeah. it still brings up feelings of shame. And so there's this sense of, I don't, can I really give my whole heart to him? Yeah. Yeah. And the devil, like you said, builds on these lies. He'll take, you know, you, you take one lie, it's like he gives you a sledgehammer. Let's just hammer that thing in yeah. harder. You know, you feel insecure. Well, you know, you're awful. You're the worst person. And you mm -hmm. just, you can go around mixed up. It's like p picking, I like it to like picking petals off of a daisy. Some days you feel like God loves me. Yes. You remember we used to do that as a kid. He loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. And you're hoping that last petal is on. He loves me. <laughs> but it's like that with God. Today I feel good about things and I'm, my mind is able to stay on him. He loves me. And then the mm -hmm. next day I wake up, I feel awful. You know, I'm worried about something. I feel bad about myself. Well, he loves me not. And we go on with the next day. Mm. It's good. He loves me. The next day it's bad. He loves me not. That's not how God is. Come on. God is absolute in his love. It's constant in his love. And we have to keep renewing our mind to this. We have to keep casting down imaginations that say otherwise. That's for sure. You know, because if we could just understand a little inkling of that love that he has for us, it gets so much easier than on. to release love <laughs> to people around you and love to God back to him. And I think some of it is that we've got to get out of our own way. Do you understand what I mean by that? we got to forget about ourselves unless we not. I, oh, yeah, that, you know. No, we need to get out of the way and put God, uh, how great a love he has for us in our heart and in our mind. We have to renew our minds to the truth of this because Jesus sees all your inadequacies, all your failures through the blood of his son. It says he'll remember your sins no more. So how does he see Jesus? How does he see Jesus? How does God the Father see Jesus? Perfect. Perfect. Blameless. You know, that's the same way he looks at you. Beautiful. Perfect. And when we open our hearts wide to this, you're going to recognize his presence. You're going to recognize the anointing. You're going to start to feel very close to him. And so you have to get rid of these worries. You have to, I mean, this whole series that we did before this, get rid of the worry. And, and that's easier said than done, isn't it? But you have to attack that. Here it is again. Yeah. Lord, I give it back over to you. No, when we start to get out of our own way in worship, the feelings will eventually come. Right. You have to train yourself. You have to renew your mind. Yeah. And by doing that, you're submitting to God and thinking the way he thinks about yeah. you. And you're honoring him. We yes. honor him. Yes. And, of course, this is all easy when times are good. <laughs> when we understand everything, how all the pieces of our life are fitting yep. together, everything looks like this perfect puzzle. It's like, oh, yeah, it's easy to worship. But what about when... Our circumstances don't make sense. And God doesn't make sense. Right. But what about when it's hard? See, worship also involves a personal sacrifice on our part. That's for sure. It's like when God tested Abraham. Think yeah. about that. That's Genesis 22. God says, take Isaac, your only son, the son you love, and I want you to offer him up. For a burnt offering and a sacrifice to me. Did it make sense? It made no sense. However, if you understand the scripture and as you study it out, it makes perfect sense because it's a covenant that we have with God. Because if Abraham wouldn't have done this, then God the Father couldn't have sent Jesus. This is how important it really is. So he goes, I love reading that because in verse 4, he immediately goes... But then it says, after three days, he found the mountain that he was supposed to sacrifice him on. Kind of sounds familiar. After three days, he rose again from the dead. 
And then in verse 5, it, it talks about, you know, uh, he tells his, his uh, slaves, he says, you guys wait here. The boy and I are going to go and worship, and then we'll be back. You see, worship has to do with sacrifice. And you can see Abraham's faith there, too. The boy and I will be back. He knew that he wasn't going to just end his son there. But you take a look at that. That is an extreme act of worship. And then another one about worship costs you something. David, because of his numbering the, the people of Israel, a plague came. And so David was going to go and make a sacrifice to God to stop the plague. So he goes to Ornan's threshing floor and he says, I need to buy this so that I can make an offering to the Lord, which will stop the plague. And Ornan, you know, he loved David. He says, oh, just take the property and I'll give you the animals for the sacrifice. And David goes, I'm not going to offer God a sacrifice that didn't cost me anything. Yeah. And so this is where it is. Worship definitely costs you something. Yeah. It can cost you, well, get your mind off of yourself. Mm -hmm. I think that's, you know, yeah, we can always say, yeah, it costs you money too. Yeah, a sacrifice. We gave the boxes and that was a sacrifice. But yet the bigger sacrifice is get your mind off yourself. Yeah. And love God. And on yeah. to God. Yeah. I mean, put yourself in the place of Paul and Silas. Here they are out preaching. This right. is in the book of Acts. And they're thrown in jail on the inner parts of the prison. It said they were beaten with many stripes. Their feet are in stocks. They're in chains. All right. And then they're worshiping God. It said at midnight. Yeah. You know, they, Paul and Silas sang, and pra sang praises to God so loud that the prisoners heard them. And suddenly, while they're worshiping, a, an earthquake hits the prison and all the doors of the prison open and all their chains fall off. Yeah. And the, the jailer's thinking he's going to be killed because the prisoner's going to escape. So, but Paul, he's ready to kill himself. And Paul and si Silas say, no, you know, we're here. And they preach the gospel to them, to him. And they preach the gospel even to their whole family. It said got saved. So as they worship, think what they did in the midst they were just beaten. Their backs were bloody. I'm yeah. sure they're in pain. Their feet are in stocks and they're singing, how great is our God. Yeah. It's, like, it's a lesson for all of us, isn't Come it? Come on, yes. Because what do we do when we find ourselves in the midnight hour, so to speak, when it's dark, when the circumstances aren't good, mm. when we feel like we are suffering and it's not right? We have to make a decision. There you go. We see it in Scripture. We have the cloud of witnesses that have gone before us Come on. who have done this, that, that are examples for us to follow. We worship because our God is good. And our God still deserves... Yes. Uh, he deserves praise and glory. And in doing that, something shifts in the spiritual atmosphere. Come on. It shifts in our heart. It shifts in the heavenly. Yes. And very often you do see blessings coming in the midst of that it's really extravagant worship Ooh, when it's dark and we worship nonetheless it says this in hebrews 13 15 through jesus therefore let us continually offer to god a sacrifice of praise the fruit of lips that openly profess his name so see it's a sacrifice of praise it costs us something of yes, ourselves it costs us something and you have to do it in the hard times yeah. And that's something that we have to learn. It's getting your mind off yourself. And look, we all go through difficult times. And those are the difficult times that can make you walk away from God yeah. or draw closer to God. Yeah. And it's going to be dependent on you. And if we give that sacrifice of praise, we worship him. Just, I love what you said, is, is extravagant worship, extravagant results. Yeah. Quickly tell that story about King David. King David, as a matter of fact, he uh, is a great example of it. Uh, he had uh, this child, this was a story of 
Bathsheba, and it was not a good story. Uh, God said that uh, this child is not going to live uh, because it was sin. And David immediately started to pray and ask for the child to be spared. Fasted, prayed, fasted, prayed. The child ended up dying. And then you come to the place where after he prayed, what did he do? Does, does anybody remember the story? I mean, first of all, I can't imagine the pain of that. Anybody who's lost a loved one, mm -hmm. the pain of feeling that loss, especially of a child, the loss of a loved one is a great, such a great thing to have to bear. But after the baby died, he you washed? know, the Bible tells yeah. us that he got up from the ground. Yeah, he washed, he put on lotions, it says. He changed his clothes, and what did he do? It says he went to the house of the Lord and worshipped. And worshipped. And worshipped. And it goes back to the thing. It could either drive you away or it could draw you closer. And you're, it's up to you. It's up to me. What are we going to do? We should move towards God yes. in our pain. He's the only one that can mend a broken heart. He's the only one who can heal and put back together and actually bring beauty from ashes. That's his promise. Yes. He's the, he's the mender of the brokenhearted. And so he longs for us. We're going we're gonna to sing a close out this, the uh, message today by worshiping. And as the worship team, go on up. And, yeah. you know, Jesus longs for us to draw near to him. And so we're going to do that now as we close out worship. The Holy Spirit has been speaking, I think, believe, to all of our hearts. One thing that we can sometimes feel is like maybe we have nothing to offer God. Mm -hmm. You might feel empty. Nothing to offer, broken pieces, <laughs> broken lives. But this is, the Lord is good at piecing our lives back together. He's, he just says, bring them to me in worship. Yeah. Just bring it to me in worship. We don't have to know anything else but that. Just have faith. Just come to him and worship because he's good because he's God, because he loves us. And let him work a work in our lives as we take our mind off of ourselves, our problems, our pains, our sorrows, our insecurities, our failures, everything. Give it to him, put it aside and just worship. I mean, God doesn't want what you think, you know, you're going to be, well, when I'm this, then I can worship or what I want to be. He just wants you, he wants your heart today. Everything, the good, the bad, the ugly. Will you give it to him? Will you just stand? Let's just stand in his presence and offer yourself, offer your heart to God. Let's go stand. The splendor of the King Clothed in majesty Let all Rejoice, all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light. When darkness tries to hide and trembles at his voice, trembles at
never leave us, never forsake us. You're always with us. We yield our minds, our hearts today that you start the training ground within us to worship and give you glory, to praise you with all that is within us in the difficulty and in the good. Holy Spirit, we yield ourselves to you to give you glory, Father, for you care for us. We worship you. We worship you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Glory to God.